0: Exodus 23, 23 to 26. And I'm going to read from the King James Version of the Holy Scriptures. He said, For mine angel shall go before thee, and bring thee unto the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perisites, and the Canaanites, the Hevites, the Jebusites, and I will cut them off. Thou shalt not bow down to their gods nor serve them nor do after their works, but thou shalt utterly overthrow them and quite break down their images. 25 And ye shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless thy bread and thy water. That's the place to say Amen. amen. Shall bless thy bread and thy water, and will take sickness away. From the midst of thee. There shall nothing cast their young. Nor be barren. In the land. The number of their days will I fulfill. May the Lord bless his word. Father we give you praise this morning. We ask that as we. Tune ourselves to listen to your word. That you bless us. Interpret your word in every heart. And that by the end of this message. May we be blessed. May we be edified. May we be challenged. Thank you, Adonai. Receive the glory and the praise in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen. 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 You may be seated. I want to to you this morning on what I caption, the benefits of serving the Lord. The benefits of serving God. Anytime the word servant comes to mind, from a worldly perspective, we understand servants to people that serve us. For example, when we have a lot of money, we hire servants. Many of us want to be in that place where you have so much money that at the click of your finger, people are responding to your call. You just make a sign, they know you need a remote. They know you don't need to talk. There are servants all over you. And we also believe that the higher you go in life, you don't have to serve. People have to serve you. But in the kingdom of God is the opposite. Jesus said, whoever wants to be great, let him become a servant. So the higher you go in God's kingdom, the more you are given to the service of the Lord. Romans chapter 12 verse 11, it says, do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit and serve the Lord. In Hebrews chapter 6 verse 10, it says, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown as you help his people and continue to help them. So whatever you do for God in service, God is not going to forget. Now I say this to you because some of you are serving God now but your children will reap the benefit. I said your children will reap the benefit. Amen. Two pastors were in the Bible school. One of them was a man of God, heavily used by God. Then the other one was struggling. Anytime he has to preach, he prays, he fasts. But when he preaches, the reaction is not the same like the other pastor. But this other pastor does not pray. He spent time playing draft, ludo, and golf. But when he starts to preach, the glory appears everywhere. And so this other pastor starts to, he was praying, and he was telling God, this is discrimination. I spent time fasting. I spent time studying the word of God. I invest myself in the scriptures. But when I pray, when I preach, I don't see the same results like this pastor. That night he slept, he had a dream. And behind him were three people, three fathers. And then he saw the other pastor, and behind him were three fathers. And God said, look at this pastor you're talking about. His father was a pastor. His grandfather was a bishop. His great-grandfather was an apostle. Then he came to say, said, look at you. Your father is a village priest. Your grandfather is an occultist. And your great-grandfather is a wizard. He said, how do you reconcile these two foundations? So this pastor is reaping the blessings of his father's and great-grandfather's services. They flow to him. Some of your children are going to prosper in this country, not because of what they have done, but because of the sacrifices you've made for the Lord. Is anybody hearing me this morning? My children are not permitted to suffer, Amen. because I have broken every curse breakable. Amen. I have broken every covenant breakable. Amen. Every bad luck that ran in my family ends with me, because I serve the Lord. Amen. Is somebody hearing me this morning? Amen. There is blessing in serving the Lord. Tell us there, is the Lord. There, is the Lord. there is a blessing in serving the Lord. In Joshua twenty-four fifteen, when the people of God came out from Egypt, they came to a place. Where they were dangling between opinions. And Joshua said, choose you this day the God you will serve. He said, what are the gods of the Amorites beyond the river? Or the gods that you serve in Egypt? He said, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. Anytime we talk about servant of God, we immediately think about a pastor. A servant of God is any man doing anything for God. If you are doing anything for God, you are a servant of God. If you are working for God in any capacity, you are a man of God. You are a woman of God. A servant of God is not a pastor who has gone to Bible school. If you are an usher in church, you are a servant of God. If you take care of kids, you are a servant of God. Whatever capacity you serve God makes you a servant of God. Let me say this to you. You are going to enter into heaven... By the blood of Jesus. But you are going to be rewarded. According to your service. Let me tell you. Heaven is going to be in ranks. And categories. There are people who are going to go to heaven. If heaven is like DC. Don't be staying like in Alexandria. Very far from the White House. But there are others. Who are going to be so close to God. Because they serve the Lord. They made sacrifices. For the Lord. I pray you will not go to heaven like Lazarus. Lazarus went to heaven. He went and stayed in Abraham's boy's water. It's in your Bible. <laughs> he stayed in Abraham's bosom. May you go to heaven and be received like Stephen. Hallelujah. In Exodus chapter 23 verse 24, it said, you shall not bow down to any gods, nor serve them, it should have utterly destroy their images. Whenever we mention the word gods, we immediately think about maybe some village deities. Like those of us from Nigeria, we have Amadioha. <laughs> right? Then from Cameroon, you have different kinds of gods. But a God is anything you exalt in your life more than God. For some of us, our God is our job. Coming to church is not your business. But when it comes to your where the dollar is coming from, you can kill someone on the highway to get that money. That is your God. For some of us, our God is our pleasure. Our pleasure comes first. Our comfort comes first. For some of us, our God is our children. Nobody messes with your children. They come first before anything. So anything you've exalted in your life above God is your God. And he talks about images. Do you know there are Christians who are carrying demonic images without even knowing? Be careful with the images that you wear. Especially ladies. You go to the market. You buy earrings with images you don't understand. And you carry those things on your ears. You don't know what they represent. A man of God was preaching and he said. His great grandfather gave him a statue that he got from the war when he was in China. It was a symbol of a dragon. And he put that dragon in his living room. And he said, for many years he struggled financially. He did not understand why he was struggling financially when he did everything right. And one time when he was seeking the Lord, the Lord said, what is that image in your house? He said, it's a dragon. He so where did it come from? He so said, my grandfather gave it to me. And the Lord said, what is the name of the devil in the Bible? He said, dragon. And so you keep the image of the devil in your house and expect the devil not to have Interference in your business. He said once he destroyed the image of that that dragon image in his house, his financial doors opened. If you are keeping any image, whether through calendars, whether through your clothing or your jewelry, that does not represent God, destroy them. I don't have time to give you symbols. And let me tell you, it doesn't matter whether you are innocent or conscious. It doesn't change the effect. If you are carrying something that belongs to the devil it doesn't change the effect. May God open your eyes to identify all demonic elements in your house on your body in the name of Jesus. From these scriptures that we just read this morning, there are multiple blessings that comes with serving the Lord. But according to this text, we read there are four. Number one, the first blessing that is guaranteed by this text for those who serve the Lord is prosperity. Prosperity. He says, He shall bless their bread and their water. He shall bless their bread and their water. Meaning he shall bless their resources. The work of your hands. What you actually earn, God is going to bless it. When Jesus took five loaves of bread and two fishes and blessed it, guess what? He was able to feed 5,000 people, more than 5,000 people, because he was blessed. The reason why your money that you make is not able to accomplish much is because it's not blessed. There are people who make a lot of money, but they can't explain where that money is going to. Once you receive it, problems appear, and that money goes away. But when the Lord blesses the, your bread and your water, you are able to do much because it is blessed. When you serve the Lord, the Lord says He's going to bless the work of your hands. In John 12, 26, it says, whoever serves me must follow me so that where I am, he must be. also say, My father will honor him, the one who serves me. The honor he talks about giving you things that makes you dignified. God blesses those who serve him. In Job 36, 11, it says, if they obey and serve him, they will spend the rest of their lives in prosperity and their years in contentment. If they serve the Lord, they are going to spend the rest of their life in prosperity. Money is a servant to those who serve the Lord. But money is a master to those who don't serve God. Because they are controlled by money. They are influenced by money. I can guarantee you now that if you were given a job that pays you $100 an hour on the condition that you don't go to church on Sunday forever, 99% 99% of us in this place will take that job. Because money comes first before God. In your decisions, God is not an issue. But when you understand that you are a servant of God, God comes first in all your decisions. Not money. Is anybody hearing me this money? Yes. Not money. When you serve the Lord, God is going to bless you. In Psalms, 34, Psalms 37 verse 4 it says, Delight in the Lord. And He will give you the desires of your heart. When you serve God, God is guaranteed. God guarantees He's going to give you what you need. There is blessings in serving the Lord. The reason why some Christians, no matter the tongues they speak, the fasting, and all the things they do, will not prosper, is because God knows that prosperity will not benefit His kingdom in any way. The moment that money enters your hand, you don't think about God. You don't think about the poor. You don't think about orphans. You think about that designer bag you've been planning for 30 years. This is the time to get it. Suddenly, every other thing that you said disappeared. And I can tell you this. A lot, of you, a lot of you watching me this morning, the time you were in your country, about to come here, there is a prayer you prayed before you went to the embassy. How many of you have honored that prayer now? If you give me this visa, God, if you give me this... <laughs> the moment you entered that plane and got here, you forgot that prayer you prayed. You forgot everything you said. There is blessing in serving the Lord. Number two, prevention from sickness. He says, I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. Listen. The reason why God gives me good health is because I work for him. He knows if I'm down, many people are going to be down. So my health is guaranteed because I work for him. In Exodus 15, 26 says, If you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes and give ear to his commandments and keep his status, he says, I will put none of these diseases on you that I put among the Egyptians. None will come upon you. When others go down in sickness, you stand because you serve the Lord. You stand because you serve the Lord. In Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 15, it says, The Lord will remove from among you sickness and put none of the harmful diseases of Egypt, which you have known. He will lay them on those who hate you. So when you serve God, God says, listen, when sickness comes into the land, He can't touch you. Because you serve the Lord. Mm -hmm. The reason why God is giving you good health is because you have work to do for Him. So when you serve God, God guarantees, as long as you are about my business, I guarantee I'll keep you healthy. Mm -hmm. So if you are always sick, ask yourself, what are you doing for God? Maybe you have nothing to do for God. That is why sickness is turning you left, turning you right. But once you have a reason to live, God will take that sickness away. It's his word. Amen. I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. Sickness will come and touch everybody. It, don't, it won't touch you. Flu comes, it touches everybody. It won't touch you. There was a time in my office, everybody had flu. And one of my colleagues said, hey, Clement, be careful. I said, it won't touch me. I have to be in church on Sunday. I can't get flu. And I think I'm exaggerating, I know the God I serve. Because I work for him, my health is guaranteed. Is somebody hearing me this morning? My health is guaranteed. In Psalms 91 verse 3, it says, Surely he will save you from the foulest snare and from the deadly pestilence. That is why we can survive through the pandemic. Not because we are vaccinated, because we have a guaranteed covenant in the service of the Lord. The pandemic will come and go. We shall still be here because we have work to do for the Lord. Is anybody hearing me? God is saying he's going to take sickness away from you. So serving God is vaccination from sickness. And even when sickness comes, he has guaranteed in his word you are going to be healed. If you are sick today and God said, give me one reason why you should be healed. What can you say to God? I can tell God I have to preach on Sunday. I need to be good here. What will you tell God as a reason for your healing? But God is saying, if you serve me, I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. Number three, blessing or benefit of serving the Lord, it says prohibition from miscarriages and barrenness. It says there shall be nothing, it says nothing shall cast their young, nor be barren. This scripture is very powerful because it's not only really saying that men or people, it says nothing. It means that even the roaches in my house cannot be barren. <laughs> Nothing in my house can be barren. So when you go to a pastor's house and you see roaches or you see rats, understand the reason now. He <laughs> says they are going to be fruitful. <laughs> Nothing can miscarry in that house. Rats are giving to 6, five, ten because the blessing upon that pastor is affecting everything in that house. Is anybody hear me this morning? nothing, not even the dogs or the squirrels, nothing can miscarry. In Exodus 26, 23, 26, it said, none shall miscarry or be barren in your land. I will fulfill the number of their days. It seems God is committed to those who are serving him. And he guarantees that when you get pregnant or you carry seed." you will not miscarry. Now, miscarry is not just talking about those who are pregnant and can't give birth. There are people that miscarry jobs. They go for an interview. They assure you everything is fine. While you are waiting to study, Say something came up, you miscarry that job. There are people who miscarry blessings. Just at the point where things are about to change for you, something happens and everything is shattered. You miscarry, Job. But God is saying, when you serve Me, you shall not miscarry or be barren in the land. Now barrenness also is not just talking about those who can't give birth. There are people who are financially barren. No matter how hard they work, their money doesn't increase. It looks like God. It looks. Like, it looks like the devil has capped them to a certain pay. They are making twenty-five dollars an hour, for example. If the interview for the second job is twenty-five fifty. They get a is 25. It looks like they can't go above 25. It must be 25 something. They are financially barren. But when you serve God, God says that barrenness expires when you serve the Lord. It takes it away. If you are looking for a child, stop over praying. Commit to serve the Lord. Commit to serve the Lord. In one of the churches that I pastor in Cameroon, there was a sister who had a child that was 12 years old. And the, she and her husband had did everything to conceive. It won't happen. So she came one day to show I said, Pastor, I want to do something for God that God will remember me. I said, what? He said, I want to start fetching water for, for the church. I said, it's between you and God. So every Tuesday or any day we had service in church, she would make sure there was water in the church for everybody to drink. Not up to one year she conceived and had a child. By service, no prayer, by service, she entered into breakthrough. You are asking God for that blessing. If God gives it to you, how will it benefit God? Hannah told God, he said, if you give me Sam's word, I will give him back to you. And God gave, gave her a child and gave her even more. If God gives you children, how will they benefit the kingdom of God? Now it seems that when you are not serving God, and you're asking God for a child, God is saying, if you are not beneficial to me, why do you want to bring another useless person into the world? Well? <laughs> if your life doesn't bless me anyway, why do you want to bring another person that is also like you? But he said, when you commit to serving, and God says that you're serving him, he says, I will let you multiply, because you bring seed that will benefit my kingdom. Serving the Lord introduces to a life of fruitfulness, You can't be barren while serving the Lord. It's the word of the Lord. He says he will prohibit you from miscarriage and barrenness. In all my years as a pastor, I've seen few people as Christians who are wholeheartedly committed who actually miscarry. Because God is guaranteed. God has guaranteed. If you serve me, I will guarantee that you will not miscarry. I used to notice that when I was a Christian, before I went to the Bible school, Whenever a woman had a complicated pregnancy, they would send her to go stay with the pastor. I didn't understand why. Because I now understand why the woman is in the house of the pastor. These blessings manifesting in the life of that servant of God affects him in that pregnancy. Because the Lord said, everything in your house, I guarantee there shall be no miscarriage or barrenness when you serve the Lord. Now let me just say this to you. Every man is serving something. Every man seated here is serving something. There are people who don't have nothing to do with God. Or they don't even have a voice in church. But if you see them somewhere out of church, they are champion, they are chairman, cheerleader, they are co-organizers. But when it comes to church, they have nothing to do. Because their passion for service is somewhere else. You are MC of the occasion, but if you say do opening prayer in church, you are not able You are so agile and quick to do things in other places. But in church, you have no voice. Because your service is dedicated to other things and not God. But let me tell you, the day trouble comes, that place will not speak for you. Your service to the Lord is going to speak for you. So if you know anyone that is looking for a child, tell them that. Serve the Lord. God's word will come to pass. He says, when you serve him, you can't miscarry, you can't be barren. It may take long, but it will come to pass. It may take five years, but it will come to pass. Because God's word is a covenant. He says, my covenant I will not break, nor alter the words I've spoken from my lips. He said, when I say it, will I not fulfill it? God is able to do what he has said. Hallelujah. If you serve God, barrenness is not your portion you are going to be fruitful. Amen. You are going to be fruitful. I don't care what the doctors have said. I was listening to this testimony of the lady who went to the hospital after a serious complication in her system. And they removed every reproductive system in her her system. Remove it all. Then a few years later, she was given to the Lord. Because she now knows, I can't have a child again. So I'll just serve God and die. And then she went to the hospital one time because she was not feeling well. And the doctor said, you are pregnant. She said, that's impossible. My womb is removed. Uterus is removed. How can I be pregnant? And when she came to to give her testimony, she said, when she was about to deliver, the doctor said, we don't see a placenta, but we see a baby. And because they didn't understand how it it, it was going to happen, they said, we have to do a C-section. And the lady said when they did a C-section, the baby was in something like a ziplock bag. And the baby came out alive. Because she committed to serving the Lord. God overturned every impossibility and gave her a baby. If you are looking for something, commit to serve the Lord. God's word will come to pass. I say God's word will come to pass. And number four. It says, your life will be preserved. It says, the number of that days will I fulfill. That's what I say, I'm undiable. <laughs> I'm unkillable. I will live till the time God has appointed for me to die. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I will live until the day God has appointed for me to die. Amen. In 2 Kings chapter 20 verse 1 to 6, there's a king called Hezekiah. He was very sick and he had a terminal illness. And a prophet Isaiah came to him and said, fix your house. You are going to die. And Isaiah left. When he left, the Bible said, Hezekiah turned to the wall. And he prayed the prayer and said, God, remember how I have served you. And while Isaiah was still in the court walking out, God said to Isaiah, go back and tell Hezekiah, I have added him 15 more years. By the record of his service, he added himself 15 more years. Now I ask you this morning, if you were to die today and there was one thing you could say you've done for God, that would bring you back, what would that be? If today was the end of your life and I say, give one reason why God should keep you alive for something you have done, what would that be? Oh, you have many designer bags so you can rock it and enjoy it. What is one reason why God should keep you alive if you were to die today? By covenant of service, Hezekiah added 15 years to his life. In the New Testament, there is a lady called Dorcas. When she died, the church refused to bury her because of her service. The widows were crying and showing all the clothes that she had designed for them. And when Peter came, they said, Peter, we cannot bury Dorcas. She is too useful to die now. Peter prayed she came back to life. If you were a woman in the church, and you die, is there a reason why the church will have you back? Is there one thing the church can say, no, it's not time for her yet? Or they say, well, God has given, God has taken, to him me all the glory. Because your presence or your absence makes no difference. If you were not in church, is there something they can miss you for? They wouldn't know, oh, that sister that used to wear that, and you know, all that, they discovered by your heart and that is it. Nothing more, nothing less. After today, commit to serve the Lord. Amen. I said, commit to serve the Lord. Amen. Do you have a service record that can speak for you in the days of trouble? Do you have a service record that can speak for you in the days of trouble? A sister was testifying that she was in an aircraft. When she left church on Sunday being one of the departmental workers she was still working in the church when church had closed, cleaning the church and the pastor came and said you are still here, I will see you next Sunday. When she was traveling she got into an aircraft that aircraft started there was a serious turbulence the pilot was already given up like anything can happen and the lady kept saying my pastor said I will see you next Sunday for service. I will see you next Sunday for service. And as she kept declaring, the turbulence reduced and the plane stable. Because somebody had a covenant of service. Now when we say we are going to Sunday service. Sunday what? Service. It means Sunday for people that are serving God. What are you here for? To watch me? To listen to me? It's those who come to serve the Lord who actually know what is Sunday service. Many of you are coming for Sunday show, You just come and watch and you go back. You have nothing to contribute, nothing to take. You just watch and go back. But when you actually understand this is Sunday service, you are coming to give something to the Lord. You are coming to render service. That's what makes it Sunday service. In Philemon chapter 1, verse 9, Apostle Paul was writing and he said, Paul, now an old man. Do you know that Apostle Paul, they tried to kill him so many times. There was a time that 40 people swore that they would not eat until they keep up. In, it's in the book of Acts. They took a fasting, not to seek God, but to keep up. But he escaped the death. There was a time Apostle Paul was traveling through a ship. The ship got scattered in the sea. Apostle Paul was saved. Why was he able to escape all this death attempt? Because he had work to do for God. Is anybody hearing me? He had work to do for God. That's why God preserved him. This is why David said, I shall not die, but live to proclaim the works of the Lord in my generation. Psalm 118 verse 17. After David was anointed king, Saul attempted to kill David 21 times. 21 assassinations. He escaped them all. Why? Because David was a servant of God. He served the Lord. Let me ask you, if you were to die today, What is one reason why you should be alive? If there were two people today, like a thief on the cross, one on the left, one on the right, they say, let us choose one that should die, and one should live. What is one reason we can say stay alive? Is there something you are doing for God that determines that you can stay here? Your service will give you preservation of life. Hallelujah. When you have work to do for God, God will take care of your business. That is why the fish could swallow Jonah. And Jonah will not die. Because there was somewhere Jonah had to preach. Even if you are swallowed by a Jonah, you must preach. You cannot die. Because when people read that story today, they don't understand. How can somebody stay in the belly of a fish three days and still be alive? When you have work to do for God, even death is afraid of you. Jonah stayed in the belly of a fish three days because he had an assignment. In Nineveh, what is something you are doing for God that can guarantee the preservation of your life? In Psalms 71, verse 17 to 18, it says, O oh God, from my youth, you have taught me and I still proclaim your wondrous deeds. So even in old age and gray hairs, O oh God, do not forsake me until I proclaim might to another generation your power to all those to come. David is saying, give me a long life. So I can continue to proclaim your goodness. Listen, I don't want to be alive to the point where people are changing my diapers. For what? Just to say I live one, two, and two years. For what? Once I finish what I need to do on earth, bye. There's somewhere better than this place. No mortgage. <laughs> no 9 to 5. No looking for job. You'll stay in the glory of the Lord forever. But there are those who are just here useless. I live one and two years. In those one and two years, you spend like fifty sleeping, not doing anything for God. After you leave here today, commit to serve the Lord. Have a reason to live, and God will also guarantee that you live, and nothing will take your life short. Hallelujah. Why should God give you a long life? For what? How do you benefit God? How does your living benefit God? There are people that if they have to die today, their world will protest. Listen, if God has shown people around the world that somebody like T.B. Joshua was going to die, the whole world would have fasted. Because people have benefited from his ministry. Whether you like him or not, he's done things for people. But if God reveals your death to somebody, can they fast for you? Can somebody take a day to fast that they want to cancel that death? you be like, okay, God, this, if this is your will, <laughs> let it be done. Because your presence or your absence, no difference. <laughs> Become a blessing. Become a servant of God. That when you appear somewhere, you are life is a benefit. In every family, there are pillars in families. They know if this person dies in this family, this family goes down. Because of their role that they play in that family. Become significant in God's kingdom. That God preserves your life. The reason why the secret service is all around Joe Biden is not because he's too handsome. It's his role that he plays in the United States. He's a president. So once you become precious in God's kingdom, he says, I will give angels charge over you. So you are driving somewhere. Angels are going with you because you have an assignment for God. If you are walking about useless, for God. Why will angels protect you? For what? What are you doing for God that God will guarantee angels to watch over you? But once you start to work for God, angels will, will, will take charge over you. I challenge you this morning. Be committed to serve the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, there are blessings, there are benefits in serving the Lord. You can subscribe today to those blessings and commit yourself to serving the Lord. Like I'm saying to you. Some of you are presidents in your tribal meetings. chair ladies, Coordinators. But in church you don't have a title. You are, you are nothing. You are organizing things in places. But in church you have no responsibility. And when you die. Guess what? You're not benefiting anything in God's kingdom. But commit yourself to that. After I leave this house today. I'm serving the Lord. Hallelujah. Are you a servant of God? Are you a servant of God? Let's stand on the feet. Are you a servant of God?